today on It's Time. This would compel us to grow in Christ, to know of what we speak. I hear the calling, it's time. Welcome to It's Time, the daily Bible teaching program of Mike Kessler, pastor of the River Christian Fellowship in Twin Falls, Idaho. Today, we're going verse by verse through the New Testament book of Acts. So follow along as we join Pastor Mike. Well, we're looking at chapter 19 tonight, the book of Acts, and so let's pray. Father, as we go to your word, thank you that we have your word. Thank you that we would know what to expect as we walk in your footsteps. And so we ask you now that your Holy Spirit would touch us and refresh us, cause our eyes to be opened. May we walk in your love. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, chapter 19, we'll just start reading, and then we're going to do a lot of cross-referencing. Like I I've been telling everybody uh, lately, especially on the evening services, uh, we're not seeing how fast we can go through the Bible. We're seeing how complete we can go. And I believe there's a lot of difference in that because there's things that we might miss if we were just casually reading or reading quickly. Let's look at this. It says in verse 1 of chapter 19 of the book of Acts, and it happened while Apollos was at Corinth. Now, what's uh, interesting here is that uh, Paul spent a lot of time at Corinth. This is why and what really gave Paul, you might say, the right to write first and second Corinthians. In other words, because he was really the initiator or the starter of the church there, he fathered that church. So he watched them. And as they went off a little bit after he left them, he would write this uh, book, first and second Corinthians, as a corrective letter to them. And so we're going to see that he was there for quite a while. But this gives us a little better understanding on how all this went down. And so it says, It happened while Apollos was at Corinth that Paul, having passed through the upper regions, came to Ephesus and finding some disciples. He said to them, Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And they said to him, We have not so much heard whether there is a Holy Spirit. And he said to them, into what then were you baptized? And they said, into John's baptism. Now, uh, looking at this, first of all, we want to go back and look at a couple of things. It says, and it happened while Apollos was at Corinth. Uh, We know that Paul, again, was at Corinth for quite a while. But looking at this, who was Apollos? We'll go back one chapter, verse 24. Let's look at this. This is why this is important, because we're going to glean a very important spiritual uh, lesson here. Certain Jew named Apollos, born in Alexandria, was an eloquent man and mighty in scriptures, and he came to Ephesus. This man had been instructed in the way of the Lord, being fervent in spirit, and he spoke and taught accurately the things of the Lord, though he knew only of the baptism of John. Now you say, why is that important? Because this is a spiritual principle we must always learn. You will not bring people farther than you yourself have gone. 
That's a real important principle. And I believe that, again, friends, you might give somebody theory, but if you're really going to lead somebody, you're going to have to know and you're going to have to bring them through what God has brought you through. In other words, Apollos was teaching the people there only as much as he knew concerning Scripture. He was not teaching them about Jesus. He was teaching them about the message of repentance that John the Baptist was teaching. Now notice what else it goes on and says here. It says, came through the upper regions. He came to Ephesus and finding some disciples. So we know that Paul was very busy as well as Apollos. But uh, Apollos had been going around. Uh, Paul in no way felt jealousy towards him or anything like that. But when he came, Paul came to preach a message. And so there at Ephesus, he says to them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? Now, this is really important. I've seen churches split over this particular topic. And so let's look and see what the Bible has to say about it. Well, is being filled with the Holy Spirit a second work of God? Or do you get everything when you believe in Christ? Well, there are certain groups, primarily the Baptist group, say, well, when you become born again, you get the Holy Spirit, and that's all there is. Well, I've got to say, depending on what verses in the Bible you're reading, I'd have to maybe agree with that. But then when I come to this particular verse in the Bible, I have to say, well, then it also appears, though, that it's possible to believe and yet not be filled with the Holy Spirit and empowered. Now, I don't believe we know who God is without the Holy Spirit revealing who Jesus Christ is to us. I believe that's one of the works of the Holy Spirit. So here's the problem. There are groups that say, well, um, have you been filled with the Spirit since you believe? You might hear this verse said in a, um, a Pentecostal type of church. Is it accurate? Well, certainly it is. We find it right here. At the same time, is it possible to receive the full empowerment of the Holy Spirit when you believe? Well, what does the Bible have to say about that? Well, if you like to make notes in your Bible, and I suggest you do on this particular topic, write down Acts 10, 44, 5, and 6. Acts 10, 44, 5, and 6. I'm going to back up, and I want to read this to you because this is important, because I really believe that in Christ, if we look at the entirety of Scripture... I believe we can remove a lot of the things that would divide us. Uh, I believe it's simply uh, understanding and teaching the whole counsel of God's word, which will remove, you might say, these issues of division. If we want to look at it, we might say with an open mind by the Holy Spirit. And so as we look at uh, Acts 10, it tells us here, and this is where Peter was preaching to the... um, this is where, where uh, uh, Peter was preaching to them and to the Gentiles. Now, this is where Cornelius had, uh, had went and got Peter, and Peter had this dream, the sheep come down from heaven, all kinds of unclean animals rise, Peter kill and eat, and Peter said, not so, Lord, and three times this happened, and so finally Peter got the message. We find him now at Cornelius' house, packed up, went over to Cornelius' house, and while he's there... He begins to preach to all these Gentiles, Cornelius' friends, who came to hear the message of Christ. Now, let's just look at this. While Peter was still speaking, 
these words. Now, he was speaking to them concerning salvation message. He was preaching them a gospel message. I, I can just see why Peter is preaching. Cornelius desiring, because the Bible says he was a devout man, wanting to know really God. The Bible says when you seek him, you'll find him. When you search for him with all your heart. Having a, a, a desire for God, I can just see the, the Gentiles there. Peter's preaching. They're going, yes, 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 it's good. And all of a sudden, look what it says. While Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit fell on all those who heard the word. And those of the circumcision who believed were astonished because as many came with Peter because the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out on the Gentiles also, for they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. And Peter answered. Wow. The point simply being is this. Is it possible to receive the full empowerment of the Holy Spirit when you believe? Well, based upon Acts 10.44, I would say absolutely. But does it always happen that way? No. This is why it was important for them to obey what Jesus said. He said, go to the upper room and wait. And the Acts chapter 2 experience came upon those that were in the upper room. So we find then that it is possible upon believing to receive the full boldness empowerment of the Holy Spirit as it happened in Acts 10. But we also find that the work of the Holy Spirit can be, the empowerment can come after a person's conversion. And Acts 19 deals with that particular topic. Now you say, why is this important? Because it will protect you with people that come along saying our way is the only way. When we find that we deal with the Holy Spirit, we like to put God in a box. And I have found you can't build a building, a box big enough to contain God. And so the reason why that's important is because we need to be careful if we're going to get dogmatic on something and even start a whole new denomination over something without fully looking at what all the other verses say about that particular topic. This is why many of the cults mislead oftentimes even Christians as they go door to door with their distorted message of, of, so to speak, God's word, by knocking on your door in their nicely dressed suits saying, Jesus was just a man. And they show you all the scriptures where Jesus was a man. Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane, praying and sweating great drops of blood and, and showing him praying to his father. And they're very clever to show you all the verses of where Jesus was a man. And very cleverly also not showing you all the verses where Jesus claimed to be God and claiming to be deity. John 8, 58, before Abraham was, I am. John 8, 59, and they picked up stones to stone him. Why did they pick up the stones to stone him? Because claiming to be the I am, which he did in John 8, 58, was the same name of God used in the Old Testament when Moses said to the burning bush, who shall I say sent me to Pharaoh to say, let my people go? And God said out of the burning bush, tell him the I am sent you. So when Jesus said, before Abraham was, I am, Jesus was claiming deity. And that's what gave them, in their minds, the justification and the right to stone 
Jesus because of his claim of being God. Well, understanding that, we find other imbalances than through the scripture where people sometimes, oftentimes begin to teach the Bible and they've never read the entirety of the Bible. This is one of the scariest things to me that I find oftentimes today in in, um, you might say seminaries and oftentimes in young ministers that want to be pastors is they want to teach the Bible, but they don't and they haven't read the Bible. So going back to Apollos, you can only bring somebody as far as you've been yourself. Apollos didn't know about the life, death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. But he did know about the need for repentance in which John spoke of. Apollos could only bring this church or this group of people to the point of understanding their need for repentance. But it was Paul that brought them to the understanding of who Christ was. Now, he says this. He said to them, did you receive, verse 2, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? Pretty important question. Because that would indicate by the very nature of this, and this is the way it reads in the Greek, so there's no tampering with it. There's nobody that can get in and say, well, you know, that really doesn't mean that. No, this is exactly what it means. And what this simply says is, have you received, and literally this is what it's implying, have you received the power of the Holy Spirit since you believed? Now remember this, children of Israel came out of Egypt, right? And they went through the Red Sea. What was that a symbol of? Separating them from their old life in slavery. Pharaoh's army wiped out in the Red Sea, and they're on their way to the promised land. Now, God's intention was it for only to be about a month journey, and of course, disbelief will keep anybody from doing anything, and they wandered in the wilderness for 40 years. But when finally Joshua's time came to lead the children of Israel, and literally their children's children, into the promised land, We remember they went through the Jordan River. And you say, well, what's that symbolic of? Well, I believe the Jordan River is symbolic of being, you might say, baptized in the Holy Spirit. A whole new way of life. Baptized the first time from our old sinful past. Baptized the second time in the power of the Holy Spirit. Here's the point. It is possible to get that power when you believe. I will say, though, that it's probably more rare. I do believe, though, as Jesus said, and as we find other places in Scripture, that if we ask our Heavenly Father for anything in His name, He'll do it for us. Jesus said, you being evil, know how to give your children good gifts. How much more will your Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? That's pretty neat, isn't it? So in other words, if we find ourselves in our Christian experience lacking power. And the Bible uses that word. He says that go to the upper room and wait. And speaking of the power of the Holy Spirit will come upon you. The word for power, we've been over this before, but the word for power there is the word where we get the word dynamo from, dunamos. It's not where we get the word dynamite. Now there's a big difference between a dynamo and dynamite. Dynamite goes bang and it's over. Dynamo goes And it just keeps generating, okay? In your car, you want a dynamo. You want an alternator, a generator, a dynamo. You do not want dynamite. Big difference. Because you need that ability to generate, okay? Now, 
by the very understanding of the power of the Holy Spirit, tells me a couple things. First, if we need the power of God, the dynamo in our life, it tells me that the Christian experience can be a taxing experience apart from being filled. I believe this is why the Bible says, be filled with the Spirit. Don't be filled with, don't be drunk with wine where in excess, Ephesians chapter 5. Don't be drunk with wine in excess, but be filled with the Spirit of God. Why is that? Well, because there is a, we leak. We had a question the other day. Somebody asked the question on every man and answer. Where in the Bible does it say we leak? He heard one of the ministers uh, use that phraseology. Well, it's not really there saying we leak, but it's implied. Because otherwise, you wouldn't need to be filled. You wouldn't need to be regenerated. You wouldn't need the dynamo of the Holy Spirit, or maybe we should use the English word, the power of the Holy Spirit, because we would always be charged up. So we know then that there is this desire that Paul writes in others to walk in the Spirit of God, because if we walk in the Spirit of God, we're going to recharge, you might say. And when you're filled up and charged, you can bring others to the place where you're at. Again, trying to... If you picture somebody that is uh, uh, weak and and hasn't eaten for months or years, and and they're trying to save other people, you you need to get your own self charged up and, and healed up before oftentimes you can help other people. I believe this is why, and you say, well, that's too bad, Mike, about people, and too bad about you, because I don't need that. Um, Well, something amazing. Look how many times in the scripture, the Bible says, and Jesus withdrew himself from his disciples and went up to the mountain and prayed. Now, that's Jesus. (laughs) And if that's God doing that, where does that leave us mortals at? I think we need to pray. I think we need, and I believe in prayer, I think there's that, regeneration of spirit. And, and you, you say, well, how does that work? I'm not sure, but I know it does. And I know it happens even in a carnal means. You say, what does that mean? This. Well, I, I really like this girl and, and I don't think she likes me and I called her and she didn't call me back and that's probably because I'm ugly and I'm terrible and I'm this and I'm that. Uh, girls, that's sometimes the way us guys think, okay? And... All of a sudden, the phone rings. Hi, I thought I'd call you back. And all of a sudden, we go, Okay? Now, now think about that for a minute. Why is it that one minute, you were, you know, doldrums and gloom, despair, and agony on me, and the phone rings, and, Hi, I thought I'd call you back. And all of a sudden, now, you're, you're just, you're just as happy as you can be. What changed? You see, when we spend time with God, it's like God calling us saying, I love you. Oh, we we all right. I can go some more here. And that's what happens, I believe, when we get alone with God and we begin to pray and God begins to say, hey, as a matter of fact, all that stuff that's troubling you so bad doesn't matter in eternity. And we go, ah, yeah, right. I forgot about that. God, thanks for reminding me and getting my priorities back straight again. That makes so much difference. So the power of the Holy Spirit is important in our lives. We need to be charged up. Paul asked the question to this group, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? By the very nature of the question, 
would indicate that it can be a separate experience. Amen? You see that? Again, let's read it. Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? That's the question. They said to him, now this is a very unusual answer, by the way. We have not so much heard whether there is a Holy Spirit. Wow, that's a pretty weird answer, ain't it? Paul replies and said to them, into what then were you baptized? And so they said into John's baptism, what then were you baptized? So here's some more verses for you. I'd like you to write this down. Matthew 28, verse 19. Let's turn over to that. Matthew 28, verse 19. You say, why is this verse important? You'll see why. Because it is part of the Great Commission. And in the Great Commission, Jesus commissioned his disciples, saying in verse um, 19, Go there, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, notice this, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Wow. What does that tell you? So, when he says, we have not so much heard whether there's a Holy Spirit, then Paul goes, well, if you were baptized and you were getting dunked in the name or by the authority of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, you would say, who's the Holy Spirit? I mean, that's kind of what, how you were supposed to baptize people. And notice it says, we haven't even heard so much of the Holy Spirit. Then what were you baptized? How, how were you baptized? And so he says, into John's baptism. And I believe at that point, he goes, oh, I get it. You see, because Apollos, no doubt, is who baptized them, you might say following the teachings of John the Baptist, and again, Apollos could only bring them as far as he was himself. You see, by the very nature of this, we look and see Apollos' life, and this would compel us to grow in Christ, to know of what we speak. Because otherwise, we will only give people a partial message. Now you say, why is that important? Simply this. If we don't read the entirety of God's word, we cannot teach the entirety of God's word. Follow that? See, you, you, you have to come to the point in your life where you say, I have to know what God's word says about this. Otherwise, I could be teaching imbalance. Now, for those that believe that you get everything when you are born again, I would say, explain Acts 19. And I've heard people explain things in the Bible that if you were alone on a desert island and a Bible washed up on shore in a waterproof container and you open it up and you read it, you could never ever in a hundred years come to the conclusion that they came to in explaining away the word of God. Just doesn't happen that way. The Bible is not a complex, hard book to read, but it is all interlaced verse to verse, chapter to chapter, and the Bible does the commentary on the Bible. And especially as an example, the Bible does the commentary on the book of Revelation as well. So, understanding that. Into what baptism? 
were you baptized? And so they said into John's baptism. Then Paul said, John indeed baptized with a baptism of repentance, saying that people that they should believe on him who would come after him, that is on Christ Jesus. And when they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Thanks for joining us on It's Time as Pastor Mike teaches verse-by-verse through the Bible. If you've missed a program or would like to catch up, you can do so by getting it from the It's Time podcast in the iTunes store or by downloading it from the It's Time website at theriverchristianfellowship.com. On behalf of Pastor Mike and the rest of us here at the River Christian Fellowship, thanks for listening. And tune in next time for It's Time.